You're listening to episode 25, The Power of Exposure. Hello, darlings, and welcome to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast with your girl, your host, Portia Scott. This podcast is on a mission to inspire and empower you to take your life off autopilot, optimize the power of your uniqueness, and execute intentionally in every area of your life. Hello, darlings, and welcome to today's episode. So I want to pose a question. What happens when I can only see what I have always saw? It's this mind battle that continues to keep us playing the same narratives and experiencing the same things over and over and over again. And there is something incredible called exposure. And what exposure is, it's when I get to experience something different. That's it. Exposure gives me permission to shift my expectations and change my environment. We are often too blinded to see what we can be or can accomplish because we have never been exposed. The safest place to be is in the mind of a child. Children are not privy to life yet and the disappointments I've seen this play out in my own three children. I've seen how they just take life by the horns and even when they fall, they still get up. They don't really understand limitation. The knowledge of what or how they should think or feel based on societal standards or expectations is absolutely nowhere in their mind. And I know this because when you ask a child, what do you want to be when they grow up? And the answers range from, I don't know, a fireman, a superhero, an engineer. It's based on what they've seen or what they can even imagine because sometimes it's not even the things that they've been exposed to, but it's what they've created in their minds. And so they could essentially come up with something new that's just completely random. And you're like, how in the world did you even get there? It's because they have no limitations. It's because to them, their options are honestly limitless. And so as adults, we always say live limitless and we're going to be limitless. But they really do think that whatever their mind can imagine, it's possible. And I want to get there. I want to get to that place where whatever their mind, my mind, your mind, our mind can imagine, it is absolutely possible. It's not about what they can see. It's about what they can imagine. They don't associate pain with inability the same way that we do. I remember when my kids were learning to walk. And do you know how many times they would fall and still get back up? I can tell you how many times I have fallen. And the more I fall, the harder it becomes to get up. I know you've been there in situations where you fall and it just gets harder and harder and harder to get up. But again, they don't associate pain with inability. My kids would get frustrated and would start crawling, but they would still get back up and start walking again. And so what am I saying? Don't associate your pain, the no's that you may receive, not knowing how to walk or stand up by yourself as an inability. They are just opportunities opportunities to learn to walk, opportunities for us to be resilient, opportunities for us to be frustrated but still stand up. 
And the reason why they are so resilient and so diligent is because they have seen what it's like to walk. They have been exposed to what happens once they learn to walk. They're able to look around and see that, wait a minute, when this person can walk, they can go wherever they want. They're not limited to somebody just carrying them or telling them where Uh, they can go and how far they can go. So exposure gives me permission to shift my expectations. Crawling was fun, but once I understand what walking is, now my expectation shifts from only wanting to crawl to get back and forth to now wanting to walk. So you mean to tell me it takes three minutes to get from the couch to the stairs, but if I just get on my feet, it takes me seconds? And when babies really start walking, they no longer want what used to be instrumental to them. So my kids would push back the walkers. They would push back my hands. They would push back anything that we used to teach them how to walk because it was only good for that stage of that experience. They no longer wanted me to hold on to them. They wanted to do it themselves. They wanted to be so independent. So the environment that they were used to starts becoming uncomfortable because it will not allow them to experience what they have been exposed to. And in order to walk, they have to move away from what was great in the crawling stages because it doesn't suffice during the walking stages. So a couple years ago, I watched a documentary about gangs in LA, specifically Bloods and Crips and I remember even in like what the late 80s, early 90s when Boys in the Hood came out and Menace to Society and they were really talking about uh, the gang epidemic in Los Angeles specifically. And this one guy on the documentary, I remember him saying that he had never been outside of like a five or 10 mile radius of where he was standing, like on the corner. And when I thought about like the movies that we had seen, you know, boys in the hood, I was like, that is true. Like they kind of talked about and stayed in this one little area. And so I was almost like, this has to be a joke. Like that's TV. But this guy is literally telling me that he had never been outside of a five to 10 mile radius of where he was standing. And I go five miles out of the way just to drive to like my favorite ice cream shop or to take my kids to school. And you mean to tell me you haven't been outside of a five mile radius. And if I am locked within a five mile radius in my mind, then I am blinded to what is possible because yes, I could drive 10 miles. I could even fly across the world. I can go on my laptop and be in Asia if I want to through Google, through pictures, through the internet. And, but I can still be locked within a five mile radius in my mind and blinded to what is possible. Physically, we may move outside of that five mile radius, but how far have we honestly gone in our minds? Like, are we still playing the same narrative over and over and over again, the same negative narratives that have been passed down, that's being locked in a five mile radius. Are we still allowing 
uh, what society says we should do or should not do or have or not have or be or not be because of our race, because of our religion, because of our background, because of our socioeconomic status, because of our education or non or not or lack thereof, because of our skill, because of the situations that we've come out of, then we will still be locked in that five mile radius. And so I wonder how far have we gone in our minds? So it's funny because we will work five miles away, 20 miles away, but we won't go into that furniture store that we keep looking at on our way home because we feel like, oh, well, we don't have enough or they they won't accept me or I can't go here. Whatever the narrative is in our mind, we've all had them about a place, a space, a situation where we are locked within that five mile radius of where we are. And so I dare you, I dare you to walk into the store so you can paint a picture of what could be. Just start painting the picture. Can I be honest with you? Honestly, like many of you, most of my battles happen in the same place where my dreams happen. They happen in my mind. There is oftentimes like a battle of the fittest. It's like, will I believe the negative narratives or will I believe the dreams that I have painted or the ones that I have been gifted to see? So what I have started to do is this. And I don't know if it'll work for everybody, but it helps me. And it's not the be all end all, but it definitely is a way to get past that five mile radius in my mind. And so we're all bombarded with negative thoughts. We cannot control the thoughts. But what we can control is what we decide to meditate on. And so if I have a negative thought or um, a negative feeling or a negative image about something, let's just say I reached out to a couple of people to be on the podcast, someone I was really excited about and I didn't even hear an answer from. So I actually started to feel like, well, maybe this is something, maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe it's my messaging. Maybe I should have wrote the email different. Maybe I should have done the vi- the video a little bit different or curated it differently so that it would speak to that particular person. Maybe I need to do something different. So I had to step back because I was really, really getting overwhelmed about this and about feeling like I just, maybe something's wrong with me. So I asked myself, how would I feel if they said yes? And that is the emotion that I hold on to. Not the answer, but the emotion, the feeling. How does this make me feel? And I hold on to that. So you guys know, I've talked about it all the time. My fire, my flame, my why is those four humans that I love more than anything on earth is my husband and my three children. And sometimes I feel like maybe I'm not doing enough. Am I failing them? Am I, am I not giving enough of them? All of those things. And so I have to sometimes sit back and I have to think about if I was talking to one of them as a mom, as a dad, what would I say to them? And what is the feeling that I would want them to convey? And I would say, It's going to work out. And that feeling of peace, that feeling of ease, when I start to get riled up about the fact that am I doing enough as a mom, as a wife, it's peace that I want to feel. So I stay in that emotion. 
and I concentrate on that emotion. And that becomes my guiding principle. So I think of the hard things like today is a hard day or this is challenging, but if I could turn it around, how would I feel? I'd feel grateful. I'd feel peace. I'd feel love. I'd feel accomplished. Whatever those feelings are, whatever that emotion is, then I continue to hold on to that feeling. And I do that by meditating on that very feeling. And sometimes we're so absorbed and in tune with the feeling, with feeling bad and holding on to that, that it almost feels unnatural to hold on to something else, to meditate on peace, to meditate on winning, even when you are losing. So I want us to expose our mind to a new feeling and take our minds out of that five mile radius that we've been stuck in. And so I say, go do it. That's my answer. Go do whatever it is that you want to do. I've never been here. I've never felt this. So let me tell you guys, you know, many of you guys that are listening, you probably know me. Some of you guys don't. So I'm going to just go ahead and let you and, and let you in on another secret that before I leave Earth, your girl is going to have her a Porsche and the license plates are going to spell out my name, P-O-R-T-I-A, Portia, so that they know that this is Portia's Porsche. I know it's pretty lame, but it's something that I have always wanted, even as a little girl. And just a side note, my name Portia does not come from the car, but I was named by my godmother who loved Shakespeare. And so Shakespeare uses the name Portia in a lot of his writing. So Portia was Julius Caesar's wife. She was also in the Merchant of Venice. So just in case you guys wanted to know. So my name doesn't isn't derived from the car, but I do want it. Anyway, that was just a little side note. So I have kids, so I'll take the Cayenne, but what I really want is the Panamera. The 911 is a little too compact, but that baby can go, and I've sat in one of those, and somebody drove me around in one, so woo-woo. But I want a pearl white Panamera with a two-tone camel color interior. And so let me tell you what I did. I don't want to be surprised about anything when I get there. So I need to know what I'm going to feel like when I get there. So I wanted to see what the service would be like. So I went to the dealership and I looked at all the cars. I didn't go inside because I knew I wasn't going to buy that day. And I don't want to waste people's times. But browsing never hurt anybody. So I looked around and they didn't have the white one that I wanted or that I had been envisioning. Oh, and when I went, I went in my um, Nike uh, leggings. I went in like a long sleeve shirt with a sweater on, with my cap on. And let me tell you, I went like that because when I go by my Porsche, I am going to dress like that because I know that they're probably going to be like, oh, she don't have any money. She don't have any coins. And so the person that does eventually come will know that I came to buy that car cash. (laughs) I've literally dreamt this out. Seriously. I mean, it would be nice to go in my heels because, you know, I love heels. But no, I want to go in my basketball, my baseball hat, my Nike hat. I want to go in with my Nike leggings, with my sweatshirt on and you know, the cash in my bag, you know, so I go in and they didn't have the white one. So I was like, that's fine. That's fine. So I sat in one because the doors were unlocked. And if you're browsing at the Porsche lot, they assume you can afford it. So doors are unlocked. And I slid into the driver's seat. 
and I snuggled in a bit to see if it fit me right. And I like how it felt. I like how it made me feel like I was in a spaceship. And after I sat in it, I was sure I wanted it now. Because, you know, every now and then we'll see something. But sometimes if I see something in the store, I won't buy it then. But I'll go home and I'll go to sleep. And if I tend to think about it in my sleep or on the way home or when I get up, then I know that that's something that I really wanted. So when I was going into the Porsche, since this is such a large uh a large purchase that your girl will be making. I wanted to make sure that I really wanted it. So I, I, I sat in it and I snuggled in and I was sure that I wanted it. And so then I began to close my eyes and I saw myself in the car because I've been there now. And just sitting in one, I could expel the negative narratives that I will never get one because I took the first step and made it to the lot. Exposure. Oh, and then someone came out and they said, hello, ma'am, can I help you? And I said, sure, I'm just looking at the Porsche Panamera. And he said, do you want to drive it? And then my eyes got big because I had just gone there just to look at it. And so when he gets the keys, we get in it. I put my I put my foot on the gas and I, I realized that I really, really wanted it then. And so because I had sat in the car, I now have exposure. I now have a picture to paint in my mind. And so I use the story of the Porsche because I want you to paint the picture in your mind. I love talking about exposure because we are so scared to go where we have never gone. But if you dip your toe in one at a time, it will change your mind. My daughter, 12 years old, wants to go to FITM, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in California. She has said it for over three or four years now. So last year while we were on vacation, guess what we did? We took her there and we let her take pictures in front of the entrance and walk on the campus ground exposure because if I have been there, I know I can get there. So we continue to show her the picture when she doesn't get the best grades on the test, when she's sometimes swayed by things she may read or see about the fashion industry. We have a picture to remind her of her dream. And just because it's somebody else's experience doesn't mean that it's going to be hers. But even if it is hers, this is still her dream and she can still get there. How ruthless it is that we show her these pictures because we want to expose her so that she can expel the current situation. She has to be reminded of the feeling she had when she took the pictures, when she was able to walk on the campus, when she was able to dream about her condo right up the street. Exposure will cause you to believe for things beyond your wildest dreams. And our dreams are only as wild as our exposure dreams. Those are the recurring memories, the recurring reminders that we can have, be, do, impact, serve, and live more. Dreams are driven by exposure. And my friend, I want you to dream. I want you to go and have a meal at that restaurant that you've been eyeing. And maybe you can't buy the entree but you could always have a drink of water. You could buy you a soup. You could buy a salad. You could have a coffee. Go sit in your car and look at that building that you want to have your business name on. Go drive in that neighborhood where you want your family to live. Go into the city where you want to impact humanity and just begin to drive around so that you know the streets and you know the area. 
I challenge you this week to do these three things. Write down three dreams. Don't think about planning how to get there. Don't think about why you can't have it. Write the first three things that come to your mind. I challenge you this week to write down three dreams. Simple. Three dreams. Don't think about planning it yet. Don't think about why you can have it. Don't think about who you need to make it happen. Write down the first three things that come to your mind. And after you have the three things in your mind, I want you to do these three things. One, I want you to go. I don't know what the dream is. I don't know what you're thinking about. But within the next three days, I want you to go there. Can you get to the building? Can you walk around the country? I mean, can you walk around the city? Can you go to the street? Can you go to the school? And if you can't get there physically within the next three days, I want you to get there virtually. So I want you to go, go to Google, Google it, pull it up, pull up a picture. And if you can get to it, I want you to go. I want you to touch it. I want you to walk around it. I want you to just take in what it is that you want to be exposed to. Number two, take a picture of it with you in or around it. If it's something like an inward thing like peace or strength, go find a place that brings you peace, that brings you strength, that brings you that inner working. If it's something spiritual, go to something that brings you to a spiritual place that clears your mind. Go there. I want you to take a picture of it or put you in a picture so that you're side by side, that you're in front of it, that you are part of the picture that you're going to draw of the dream that you just had. Because once I have been exposed to the newness of my dreams, I can't turn back. Number three, over the next week, when you wake up and right before bedtime, pull your picture up and just go there for a minute. Take a minute and smile. Imagine how you will feel. Imagine how many people it will impact. Imagine your dream coming true. Expose yourself to how the air smells in your new building. Expose yourself to how the air smells in Bora Bora. Expose yourself to the people that you'll be able to impact. Expose yourself to the people and the experiences that you'll be able to have. So I want you to go there for one minute and I want you to imagine your dreams coming true. If we don't have our dreams, we are left with nothing. And so while you're looking and taking that minute, I want you to repeat this mantra. I want you to repeat this declaration. Today, I will dream again, hope again, believe again. I am exposing myself to new people and experiences. Once I have been exposed to the newness of my dreams, I can't turn back. I won't turn back. I am shifting my expectations and changing my environment to welcome in my dreams. I was made to dream big, to be big. I was created to solve problems and be a conduit of love and impact in the earth. I am worth it and the world is waiting on me to fulfill my dream. I tell the story about the Porsche and about my daughter because I just wanted to drive home the message of exposure, the power of exposure. And the Porsche is material and it'll one day depreciate. But what I also know is that if I'm the girl that can walk into the Porsche dealership with a pocket full of money, I'm also the girl that can buy cars 
for people that are waiting at the bus stop. That when I'm driving along and I have a string of cars just waiting for other people to get into. So the Porsche is just a reminder that I can get there to my ultimate dream of impacting humanity in so many ways. And there is nothing wrong with wanting something material because some of us could never imagine the day that we could drive a car that didn't break down two miles after we left the house. Some of us could never imagine the day that we would get our degrees. Some of us could never imagine the day that we could retire our parents or walk them into our office or be able to take them on a vacation. But it was exposure some way, somehow that we saw it and that we keep seeing it. And now at one time we were crawling, but when we realized we had the same legs as everyone else, that'll change the game. They may have been smaller and less developed, but they were still legs. And it is with those same underdeveloped legs that I start moving outside of my environment. I start moving outside of the things that are comfortable but crippling. Exposure, my friend, is a recurring reminder to shift my expectations and change my environment. I leave you with this thought. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. Harriet Tubman. Thank you again for spending time with me today and listening to the Wake Up and Show a podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you never miss a show. Leave us a five-star review and share with a friend or foe. You can follow us on Instagram at I am Portia Scott, Facebook at I am Portia Scott. Until next time, go impact the world.